1: NFL Training Camp is live. We're getting already first couple days inundated with news, quotes, PUP list, injuries, all sorts of chaos. And we got a lot of time. We got another month and a half to dive into all the chaos from NFL Training Camp. But first, before we get really in the weeds of the NFL offseason and best ball draft season, we are going to dive into our preseason best ball award winners. You're familiar with preseason awards across all sports and, of course, postseason awards, MVP, comeback player, coach of the year, and a couple other little wrinkles that we're going to throw in there specific to best ball. But the players that fit some of these awards that either we want to draft, maybe we don't want to draft for the 2023 best ball season. Myself, Rob Coakley, what we're going to get into right now. Let's do it. Rob, you know it's been a little while since we've actually uh, uh, been able to to talk here, and
0: but look low- at us, color coordinated.
1: I know we didn't even. We literally haven't spoken other than a handful <laughs> of Slack messages in like a week, and we're color coordinated. Uh, we were only two minutes late, and uh, we have also haven't done any show prep, like in terms of uh, you know we we both discussed really quickly like what some of the awards should be. But if we land on some of those same things, I'm going to start to get a little worried. And hopefully my wife doesn't watch because she'll start to get a little worried. Like you guys are spending a little too much time together. If without speaking, you're wearing the same color <laughs> clothes and you're picking, all, you're picking all the same players for your best ball awards.
0: Yeah. I mean, she was with us in Nashville. She knows. She that knows. Part. It's yeah. an illness.
1: The sicko, <laughs> the sicko thing is not just because we draft too many best ball teams. It's a, it's a personal uh, issue that some of us have.
0: So, just since we're speaking of the color that we're wearing, which is like this baby blue u n c blue situation, I bought my first fitted hat in like ten years, I think because i- i bought the new jordans the the u n c jordans that came out,
1: yep, yep, yep.
0: I went to lids, and hats are forty five dollars now, oh my god, and then
1: i haven't, and- been, I, haven't I, I used to go like. So I used to, sorry to cut you off, but no, no, Liz was cool. like my, Liz was like my joint. Like I worked at finish line in high school. Okay. And the yeah. lids was two doors down. I basically like, I, they, I should have rented the store in between and put a bed in there because I basically like lived between those two places, but I haven't been in so long that it, it legit like shook me to my core. When you said the hats were $40, Dude,
0: <laughs> I like flipped it over because I'm like, all right, this matches the, the Jordans like that. That's good. And, and it was $45 and it just became that. I think you should leave meme where it goes what the <laughs> fuck is this world what do they do to us what do they do to us and i'm just like jesus <laughs> christ
1: oh man i remember the days when uh, i again I, you know i was in high school working at the finish line at the the mall close to my house which is probably not going to be it is still around but probably not for much longer yep. uh, judging by the crowds that are there when i drive by nowadays but um all my paychecks went to gas to get to the mall, yep. food that I would buy at the mall food court, shoes and hats, yep. <laughs> and like that was you know I came back and I would still you know you ask your parents for money to go out and uh, have somebody get you booze on Saturday night or whatever right like my you know it was, it was just a total train wreck of a an uh, existence in high school but it is it is funny you know thinking about that and here's a stupid cheesy ass parallel but like how much all that stuff has changed. I was a sneakerhead. Like uh, there's a closet in here, down here in my office that has a bunch of old Jordans and stuff like that. And um, I used to collect sneakers and I had a wall of hats and all that. Obviously mm-hmm. I still wear hats, but I, I you know, I, I like anytime a new, like a new Cardinals hat came out, right. They had a new, that year's Jackie Robinson hat or whatever, like I, snap bought it that day or whatever. And I'm so disconnected and that whole world has changed so much. That I'm, you know, it's it's taking a big adjustment. I'm trying to get a little bit back into like the retro sneakers, yeah. But it's very very hard because the whole space is so different, and every shoe that I want is six hundred dollars or whatever. <laughs> and it feels a little bit as crazy as this weird parallel sounds with the best ball stuff. I was I was listening to last week's episode of uh, Ship Chasing earlier today, and Pat Corrine, of course, winner of Best Ball Mania Three last year, said something along the lines of. Um, as it pertains to the running back stuff. Because they someone on the show mentioned something about this guy's a good value
0: mm-hmm. as,
1: as a running back. And he was like, yeah, but I, I we have to make sure that we don't get sucked into the running back value because the whole game has changed. Right. From the moment the draft starts, maybe CMC, but almost once you get past CMC, the best value on the board is... All, is- <laughs> is a running back until like round 17 or 18. Like yep. the whole game has changed. And it was just funny. Cause you were mentioning that. And I'm like, Oh my God, am I so out of touch now? I don't know how much, <laughs> how much hats cost. And like, it's easy to get lost in that in fantasy football too. particularly, you know, on the best ball sites, maybe not your home league, but just like the shit has changed so much, man. Like, all the best picks are running backs which sounds weird to say from a wide receiver bro but the part of reason why we are wide receiver bros was because there were nine running backs that went in the first round and then six Mm. more in the second round and like now it's like you might leave one draft and cmc's the only running back in in the in the first round it's so crazy how it's all changed
0: it's just all like within the course of three years just completely different game right and That was kind of the point I was making on some show. It might've been the swole cast. It might've been something else. I don't even remember at this point, but like (laughs) the data that we're recording for these drafts, and I understand you can tweak them and stuff like that, but year over year right now, the drafts are so different that like getting a five-year, 10-year sample size is going to be, is it going to matter at that point? Like, or is it not going to matter? 10 years, maybe five years. I don't think it's going to, right? Like, so so to your point, everything is constantly changing. Josh is telling us in the chat that there are limited hats that are seventy dollars plus, and you just show wants- me the hat. Show me this fucking hat.
1: <laughs> show me a seventy dollars hat, dude. Everyone knows I, I I catch grief every once in a while. Like, does Eric ever not wear a hat? you know? Because I literally mm. every show I, ha- I have a hat on or whatever. I like hats, okay, and uh, that's it, just part of my part of my uh, uh, one of my many flaws. I'm always wearing a hat. I'm not spending seventy dollars on a hat. I got a whole closet full of fucking hats. Yeah. I, I, none of them were even close to seventy dollars. That's a, that is that's absurd. That's absolutely absurd. And th- and this is coming from a person who's online shopping for old school Penny Hardaway sneakers that are like <laughs> seven hundred dollars, which I know you know are, is such an obscure thing that nobody cares about except me. But that I, a hat is a little bit different. Like I don't yeah. think I I I don't think, I don't know. Josh, you'll have to tell us. I don't feel like the shoes are like legitimately an investment now. Like there's only so many of those pennies that were made, you know, uh, like, look at what happened. I'm not trying to, this is going to be really morbid, but you know, like if you bought Kobe stuff, right. If you bought, if you buy LeBron stuff now before he retires, if you buy all, like it, it, this is an appreciating asset. <laughs> so. uh, I,
0: I don't know that hats are, but t- <laughs> Josh would have to tell me if I'm wrong about that. I just want to show you something since we're on this topic. So, this right here, this is my very first pair of sneakers, the original Air Jordan 1. Yep, Jordan 1s. Yep. When I was a baby, like my first pair of sneakers. Do you know what, like, this condition is selling for? For this still college?
1: A shit ton. Yeah.
0: I could sell these, I think, for two grand right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never will, but, like, I could sell these, like, for two grand. It's just crazy.
1: I got my Jordans that I wore. So, um, Full disclosure, I'm 34, right? So it's been we're approaching 20 years since I've been in high school. I have my Jordans that I always wore Jordans. You know, I we went to school back in the day where basketball teams bought team shoes. You yep. had the sales rep from the local sporting goods store that came to your school, presented your team with the, you know, the catalog of all the different shoes that you could buy, and you picked out team shoes. We were rebels and we're like, we're not doing like like we you could buy team shoes. But, you know, me and some of the other guys were sneaker guys, and we would buy our own Jordan. We, we were, I, I was a Jordan guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would buy Jordans. And so I, right over here, to you know, almost 20 year old Jordans that I wore playing basketball as a 16, 17, 18 year old or whatever. And same thing, I've looked up like they're in shit condition, right? Because I, I played basketball in them for a year. Right. Uh, and same thing, you know, uh, hundreds, not, not two grand for those, because those are really, uh, really niche and hard to find in particular, but hundreds and hundreds of dollars for these. I mean, they look like shit. No one's ever going to wear them, but people there's only so many of them out there, you know what I mean? Like nobody has them. Um, And so anyway, we're, we're diving into one of my other uh, niche uh, hobbies and things that I'm passionate about uh, other than best ball. But uh, I do find that whole collectibles are fascinating to me, like legitimately fascinating.
0: And the shifting markets and everything like that. Like, it's just uh, crazy. Speaking of collectibles, we're going to get into these uh, these awards real quick. Yeah, whatever, Jesse. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> um, um, this Sunday, on the Sunday Sicko Show, 10 a.m., we are giving away this replica Deshaun Jackson signed. Oh, shit. Helmet. I want that. So it's very simple. What you have to do, you just have to go to our Discord, go to the giveaway channel, and all you have to do is leave us a five-star in written review on iTunes. You click a button, that's for five stars, you write, this podcast is awesome, or great podcast, and you're all set to go. And we are also going to be giving away an authentic Kurt Warner Arizona Cardinals helmet in the middle of Cardinals August. But what take, I, I
1: would take. I would take it if I was the Ram, if it was a Rams. Helmet.
0: Well, yeah, but I have I would card one. <laughs> uh, I
1: I also have the power to spam my own name in these giveaways, and if it was a Rams, uh, Kurt Warner one, you bet your ass it would be right behind me for the rest of for the rest of time. But speaking of that, uh, I also wanted to to announce we are so there far fucking off the rails on this uh, yes. show, by the way. But such is life. The Uh, other thing I wanted to mention with the reviews that I'm stealing this from other podcasts. This is not new. I know you guys uh, do it. slash I have done it on your other, other show, but what I do want to do is reward the folks that uh, and also allow you to get some questions answered. If you leave a five-star podcast review and write your review, you could write it about anything for all that I care. Or if you leave a comment on this YouTube video, The next show that we do, we will go through the comments and read uh, as long as they're appropriate and kind of read them. If you have a question that you want asked to us, I I want to start doing that um, on on our show. So tomorrow, Rob and I are going to be doing an exposure show kind of, you know, we're closing in on the season. We've drafted uh, closing in on 300 teams or something like that. And so uh, we'll review those, but you can get your questions answered again as long as they're appropriate by posting a review on the podcast feed or leaving a comment on this specific video. And then we'll kind of use that move, moving forward as another way more than just, you know, we can't get to everything that's in the chat all the time. We can't always get to everything that's in the discord. This is a way to kind of consolidate that and allow you to get your, uh, you know, questions or just, just, com- you know, if you just want to leave a comment, like I think Eric's Eric's hat collection fucking sucks. Like put that, I, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't care. I'll read it. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, just, just another, another way along with the giveaways that Rob is mentioning. Um, we can help, we can help get a little bit, uh, more, you know, uh, some of the stuff you guys want to talk about on here
0: as well as our, our show subjects. Perfect. And if we start getting a lot of those, we'll just start doing like a mailbag show every month exactly. or a couple I- weeks.
1: If there's if there's too many, yeah, well we 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 can schedule a new one, and the season will be here soon where we won't be drafting tons of teams. We can talk about those on there. But that's a, a, mostly about it for the housekeeping. I guess I, I do just want to say if you are a subscriber on the website uh, to the premium tools, you know the Draft Hacker, Draft IQ. A, thank you, and I hope you're enjoying them. Um, the upgrades have been <laughs> amazing. Shout out to Hacker for I mean the, the Draft Hacker is like. <laughs> the sickest fantasy football tool I've ever seen in my entire life. What he, what he has done is unbelievable. And also some of the comments that were in the discord today saying like, uh, you know, uh, we knew that the tool was down the moment it was down because you sickos are out there drafting with it 24 seven. It's like two 30 in the afternoon on a Monday. And people are like, Hey, is the tool, you know, is the, is the tool down because it's not working for me. I can't draft without it, but, Uh, we had a little small little hiccup this afternoon it's back up and running so everything is all good in case you had submitted a a support ticket or been in the discord uh, and missed that message everything is back up and running so i did just want to hit that up really quickly but we are uh (laughs) yeah yeah, jeff says holy crap three 300 drafts yeah uh i I thought i might get to a thousand this year but life doesn't always give you everything that you want but um well I'm, we're, I'm definitely going to more than double this down the stretch the the last couple of weeks of the year will be a grind and I will be drafting a lot and you'll see tomorrow on our exposure show that I've drafted entirely on underdog up until this point not by choice uh shout out to DraftKings for some account issues but we're, we we're getting that resolved and I'm about to be a DraftKings and drafters fiend down the stretch so yeah m- Maybe road to a thousand drafts uh, here down the stretch is what we might be doing. But nonetheless, today, what well, we wanted to talk about preseason awards. I actually think this is a pretty fun conversation because it's it's it, it's definitely fun and kind of a funny like little bit way to talk about some of your favorite players or least favorite players or concepts for the season. But I also think these little different ways to think about best ball help me start to conceptualize some things. Actually, when you start to think about like, who's your favorite coach of the year? Who's your favorite newcomer of the year? Who is your, you mentioned the, uh, uh, you can't keep getting away with this award that we're going to get to a little (laughs) bit later. It's like, you start to think about those things and it does make you start to process actually like the draft macro landscape a little bit differently and a little bit better so i always find these actually i I feel like i learned something from the exercise when we do some of these like award shows or rank the offenses or some of those different things as opposed to just you know there's nothing wrong with showing up and drafting every time right but or talking about players or whatever but i like to do these shows and make sure we mix them in because they're helpful for me so hopefully if they're helpful for me they're helpful for someone else too
0: They let you hear your own thought process behind stuff but also another person's and you start to break down like well i'm thinking this because of this but should i be or like maybe i need to hammer this a little bit harder so yeah every time we do these shows the offensive the offense is one what we're doing today because i'm sure we're gonna have we might have some overlap on a few but there's a few things that like as i was thinking about a few of these today i was like maybe I need to continue to hammer this team or maybe I need to pump the brakes a little bit on this team or whatever. So um, excited to get into it.
1: Yeah. So really quick, I'll pull up the uh, awards here in just a second, but quick preface. If you're watching or listening later, or of course watching later, the thesis of these awards is that they are, of course, you know, we're going to get to something like most valuable player. It is through a best ball lens so this is not you know if, if we're picking an mvp both of us patrick mahomes like I, I, patrick mahomes would be my bet my pick to win mvp in the real football season but who would be the most valuable player in best ball right and that's up to Rob and I did not talk about the specifics. Rob could pick an 18th round guy or a first round guy. I don't care. And you guys can have your own. Lee, when As we start to have that discussion, please feel free in the chat to drop those in there. But all of these awards are through the right coach of the year, which NFL coach is the most impactful for best for us, for best ball drafters, those kinds of things. Uh, so just make sure to keep that in mind that it's not, you know, a real life NFL, um, conversation and so very first i'm share my screen here the very first award that we're just going to hop hop right into i got them in a totally random order is Comeback player of the year so of course in real life you know comeback player of the year a lot of the times is from injury or from a health scare or something like that this is of course again totally up to you but rob what were you thinking about in comeback player of the year
0: I was trying to figure out how I wanted to address this in a best ball lens type of deal. And I think the obvious one is like Brees Hall is probably going to be the quote unquote comeback player of the year, right? Like if you were going to put money on it, I would probably put money on Brees Hall with the ACL injury and all that stuff. And maybe that's your pick. I'm going to go a little off script here. And it's a guy that wasn't injured last year. The team actually threw the ball a ton, but he wasn't, what we think of when we think of this player. And I think he's going to have weirdly like a bounce back year, just based on volume. I'm going to go with Chris Godwin of the Buccaneers Ooh. because there's, there's no if ands or buts about it. We're pretty sure the Buccaneers are going to be terrible. I don't think this is going to turn into a Seahawks situation from last year, but I think just volume wise and what Chris Godwin can do on the field, especially in PPR sites more so than like underdog. So on your drafters, on your DraftKings, I think Chris Godwin can be that guy that can be a solid, like depending on how you structure and draft your team. I think he's going to be like a really solid wide receiver three or four, in some cases a wide receiver five, if you're just like really hammering the wide receiver position. So I think he's going to bounce back and produce more than he did last year. So I'm going to go with Chris Godwin for that one.
1: He's certainly going to be healthier. I was listening to uh, Stealing Bananas, which of course is a Rotoviz podcast with Sean Siegel and Ben Gretch, two of the best minds mm-hmm. out there. I love listening to them talk through things. And uh, Ben said something. Um, he's drafting Godwin a lot this year and mentioned that Godwin said in a quote around week eight or week nine, somewhere, it doesn't matter exactly specifically, but somewhere around that time of last year, he had a good game and the inter, uh, reporters were asking him afterwards just, you know, how he felt about the game, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, this was the first time I really felt like I was pretty much back to the old me, which is like kind of crazy because he mm-hmm. he played. He, he he had been playing that whole, that whole time, dragging around his leg, J.K. Dobbins style out there, right? Catching a million passes from Tom Brady, but he really was not healthy for half the or more than half the year probably more because even though he felt healthy in week nine or whatever he probably still wasn't a hundred percent like think about that what the guy was doing like that's how good he is man and um he's actually he and the bucks are actually one of my biggest struggles of the whole season because you're always balancing that team level analysis in which I think like you said some people might fall into the trap of oh this is the Seahawks of last year and I think that's a fool's errand to a I think assuming there will be a Seahawks of this year is a right. fool's errand because right. uh, that, that that's an anomaly right it's like mm-hmm. uh it's like using Devonte Adams as an archetype for every receiver that sucks for three years and then becomes and then be, becomes elite it's like guess what there's only one Devonte Adams he wanted to quit football after three years and now he's the best wide receiver in the NFL let's probably not assume that uh everyone's going to be that but also Chris Godwin is awesome like he's he's a, such a good football player. He is certainly not a fifth, sixth, seventh round draft pick in terms of if we were racking and stacking wide receiver talent. But Baker Mayfield's also like the opposite at <laughs> quarterback. Like he's really, really bad. And so that's definitely my biggest struggle. But I love Chris Godwin. I went a little definitely on the the bit side of things. But there's two wide receivers who've been suspended for gambling escapades. In uh, uh, the last several years, one of them also got drafted in the top 10 and then was coming back from an ACL last year. And we basically did not see them play. So this is maybe a smidge cheating because I don't, he's hasn't really done anything in the NFL yet necessarily, but I chose Jamison Williams because if you want to talk about coming back from a lot of stuff. (laughs) Jamison Williams tore his yeah. ACL uh, at the very, 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 very end of the college football season, his last year at Alabama. Barely got to play last year because of it. They brought him along slowly despite drafting him very, very highly. And then, of course, gets popped six games for gambling. But I, I, I can't help but think once he comes back, when I when I start to look at the Lions offense and just say, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to monopolize all kind of the underneath targets and maybe you have Sam Laporta there, right, too. And Jameer Gibbs, quite frankly. They got that area of the field on lock and add David Montgomery in, running up the middle for three yards. But, like, there's a whole area of the field in this elite offense where you, you can't, you can't, like, double j You can't, like, sh- you know, you can't treat him like the elite, elite downfield player that he is. Because if you do that, like Gibbs is going to crush you, or Laporte is going to crush you, certainly Amon-Ra is going to crush you if you leave him in single coverage all day. So, like, wh- how do you handle the Lions' offense once J-Mo is back? And when he, he when he's back in this offense, I know Jared Goff is maybe not the world's best down the field thrower or whatever, but like, if he's going to be in single coverage <laughs> all day in the dome on the turf in Detroit, like. This guy is going to blow the heck up after that six week suspension. And I understand in best ball, we have to find a way to get him, you know, get to week seven with teams that we draft him on to where we're not in such a big hole that it hurts us. But he's going late enough. You know, He he's not going so early that we can't recover from this. All the other good wide receivers are gone anyway. <laughs> you know, like it, it's totally fine. I, I feel like he's going to come back. And people are going to remember why he was such an elite prospect and such a high draft pick and why the lions offense is so awesome. I mean, you combine all Haman, Ra, Jamo, Laporta, Gibbs, DeMont, you know, everybody's raving about Denzel. M- <laughs> they, they added Denzel Mims or whatever, but Mims, Josh Reynolds is not a, a known, like he's been fine. He's been a competent yeah. NFL wide receiver. Their offense is just with a great offensive line. JMO I think is just going to blow the top off of, of best ball and uh, be the comeback player. What do you think about him?
0: I definitely think that's clearly a possibility. We saw what he could do in like very limited snaps last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with him though is in order to put him on a best ball team, I think you have to be building specific best ball like structured teams in order for him to actually fit luckily for us, I think it's the structures that we're comfortable building. Yep. You know what I mean? So like when I have built like a robust RB team, just to try to like get a little bit of different variants in my portfolio, he can't go on those teams. Like you just, you just can't have, you J-Mo. need the
1: wide receiver juice. Right. Yeah. Right. Early, you, like right away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he just doesn't fit on those specific teams. There's a few others that like maybe he he generally, I feel like cannot come off the board as your wide receiver three generally, but like maybe your wide receiver four. And it, again, it's like nothing's a hundred percent and you can still build however the hell you want to build. But I do like him a lot. I do grab him, but it is very much a very specific couple of different builds that I'm putting him on. Um, unfortunately, because how much higher would he be if he, you know, he'd be two or three rounds higher. We would actually be having a discussion about like, can we even draft him based on like lack of knowledge of who he is? Dude, but Gabe
1: Gabe Davis flew up to the fourth round last year. JMO would go would do something very very similar. I don't know if he'd exactly be the fourth round, but look at the fourth round right now. It's like Terry yeah, McLaurin the and, and the, yeah yeah, it, yeah the fifth, fifth round's like you know the uh, uh, kind of sketchy wide receiver zone. He would be right with those guys a hundred percent if he wasn't suspended.
0: Absolutely, and we'd still probably be taking them because we'd be um, thumping about the, about the about upside, right? So, yep. yeah, I, All right. I do like them.
1: You, you kick this one off as well. Coach of the year for best ball.
0: You want me to go first on this one as well?
1: Y- yeah, go first on this one.
0: Okay, so I was a little unclear of what we were going to determine the rules for this, but I came up with two. I decided to stick with the head coach. I was between my pick and an offensive coordinator, actually.
1: That's funny. Mine is an offensive coordinator, to be clear. So you can name both of them if you'd like.
0: All right. I will just name my head coach then, and I will tell you if I had the same offensive coordinator as you. I'm going to go with Sean Payton because I think if anyone's going to turn around Denver in one year, this is a guy that can do it. They have the potential to do something. They could still fall on their face right out the gate (laughs) again. Like, that's totally
1: an option but they're going to show up later in the conversation by the way on a different award so we'll get to it sorry go ahead
0: no worries but i i just think that like we're talking about a guy that knows how to run his team he's not going to take any shit he knows what how to get what he wants out of his players and i think that uh i think sean sean payton might just actually make our best ball teams better this year over in denver
1: I, I agree. He's a really good candidate for this because last year everybody bought the Broncos team with Russ and the coaching. Russ's play, of course, let them down. But the coaching is possibly the biggest factor. We're going to find out this mm-hmm. year if coaching was the biggest factor. So um, we are going to see. De- so I actually had two offensive coordinators. Zane mentioned one of them who I That's had narrowed my list down to. Eric Bieniemy is definitely on a short list for this award. I totally agree. He could, if if he if he is as good as his Chiefs track record suggests, right? Is was it all Andy Reid, or was he part of the reason why the Chiefs were so good from an offense? Obviously Mahomes, but was he part of the mastering their their offense? He's on that short list. But I picked another offensive coordinator. And it's Todd Munkin from the Baltimore Ravens. From the Baltimore Ravens. And it's because the Ravens have been awesome since Lamar Jackson's been there. I mean, they made the playoffs before when Joe, he, he was a rookie and Joe Flacco was the quarterback. But under Greg Roman, they ran a very archaic offense. Very, very, very run heavy. And I think they were able to succeed enough in the regular season. And obviously when you have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback and you're run heavy, that can work but I think they realized that they'd been topped out. You get to the playoffs and you run into other good teams and you're going to try to, you know, just grind them to death. And the other team has Patrick Mahomes and you can't come from behind with your old school archaic offense. And now you insert Todd Monken, and everything out of Baltimore is we're going to throw the shit out of the ball. We're going to play fast. We're going to spread you out. What did Monkin say the other day? Uh, I hope Lamar remembers his Louisville days because that's how, you know, that's how it's going to be all over the place, throwing it, running, going crazy or whatever. And Lamar's talking about throwing for 6,000 yards. Obviously all of this is hyperbole and hype and right, right. Uh, too a little too much, but I think like where there's smoke, there's fire. And we have a track record of Todd Monk and how he operates offenses. Rashad Bateman, say flowers, Odell Beckham, Mark Andrews, Isaiah likely JK Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> Ravens on the dogs are on the board with the, uh, are on board with the Ravens. There's so much talent. And this OC that's coming in and saying, I got all this talent. It's time to take this shit to the moon and stop with the three yards in a cloud of dust stuff. And uh, if it's, if it comes true, every Raven is too cheap. Even Mark Andrews going in the third round. If, if, if what Munkin is saying is true, every single Raven is too cheap and he will undoubtedly be the best ball coach of the year because just about all these guys are massive, massive values and can be huge hits all together on one team, right? With the Lamar stack and just across your portfolio. They're all they're all undervalued if if that comes true.
0: That's a good one. Um, Olaf actually hit my the offensive coordinator that I was thinking about taking instead of Peyton, which was Kellen Moore over the Chargers. It's a good one. So as the dogs went off. Just uh, wanted to throw this out there. Not sure if you were able to catch the second half of the 11th and 12th picks of you guys' high-stakes draft.
1: I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched Uh, it yet. Well, I hopped in. I don't even know who we took. I don't even know.
0: (laughs) I hopped in, and I was Eric Bimefor for a short segment, and I tried to recreate what Eric Bimefor would do, and I missed it by not having the dog noises go off in the background. (laughs) I was so mad at myself after I did it. I was like, I should have played some like dog barking noises and I would have absolutely nailed it. And And I just just didn't do it. So, but yes, I got to have a little fun on that show.
1: That is so good. That is amazing. All right. Next one. And of course I made Rob lead off on the first two. So I will hit the next one. And this is where we're getting into. Oh, fun. A little bit more fun one. And uh, this one is... I think there's a lot of options for this, right? Obviously, there's a lot of guys who have failed in fantasy. And of course, if you're unfamiliar with this, I put the picture on there because I I know that it's not necessarily clear to everyone. This is one of my favorite memes though. Lucy and Charlie Brown award, meaning if you've seen the famous kind of GIF meme video, whatever, Lucy puts the football out. Charlie Brown is going to go kick it. And when he goes to kick it, she pulls it out from under him. You know, uh, if you were into NFTs, you're probably quite familiar with this uh <laughs> with this whole process but there was one guy who after i kind of like really thought about it and went through the player pool uh is not for me this is not for me i want this to be clear but for the fantasy community as a whole michael thomas we've been michael hey. thomas was the wide receiver one like a We were talking about our, I was talking about when I was at finish line as a high schooler, it feels like it was about that long ago when (laughs) Michael Thomas was really good for fantasy. And we keep doing this thing, right? He's, he's, he's heard every single year. He's getting older, but, but he's Michael Thomas it was remember when Michael Thomas was good. And now this year we're doing the, remember those, what was it? Three games or whatever. Remember those three games. He caught that goal line fade. Did you see that goal line fade? And it's like, this guy has ankles made like Steph Curry. He, they're, they're, he's he got one leg. He's older now. They've kind of added on uh, a <laughs> yeah i knew i i was wondering if updog would watch or if if he wasn't watching it live he would a hundred percent be uh in the chat tomorrow talking about michael thomas because i know he's very anti Michael thomas but we are we are we are holding on to this michael thomas thing and he still goes in the top 100 people will complain about calvin Ridley and jmo and Penny and every, right Kadarius Tony who is now injured again of course. Like people are oh ha 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 you drafted Kadarius Tony like have you drafted Michael Thomas in the last 3 years? <laughs> like the, what is the difference? Like this guy is always hurt and he's much older now and they have a, they've brought in a bunch more guys now. They have Chris Olave is the lead of that team. Rashid Shahid is not an incompetent other wide receiver. Kamara. who knows what will happen, right? Drafted Kendra Miller, have Juwan Johnson and Foster Moreau. They have other dudes to throw the ball to now. Mm-hmm. And we're still doing the Michael Thomas thing. And so if you're drafting him,
0: you are Charlie Brown in
1: this, uh, in this example.
0: So for Mayan, I decided to pick two players on the same team, one to be Lucy. It wanted to be Charlie Brown.
1: I like it. I like it.
0: So for mine, because I've had to have this conversation for the entire last week since I was on the Swolecast. Lucy is Jimmy Garoppolo. Charlie Brown is Devontae Adams. Oh, no. And that is going to be a shit show. I've been saying it all year. I'm not going to lay off this take that that the stars, quote unquote stars, because Jimmy Garoppolo, Jesus Christ, not a star. Terrible football player. All you have to do is watch the games. You could throw all the stats you want at me because, like, that's what Davis EPA. was doing on this podcast. EPA, EPA bro. Have you seen? Yeah. Have you not seen his EPA? Yeah, elite. I mean, sometimes you do have to just do the the goddamn eye test. Is Derek Carr a worse quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo? No. I don't think so. I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. You throw all the stats you want at me. What would Derek Carr have done on the San Francisco 49ers?
1: Uh, 5,000 yards. <laughs>
0: right. Like, like, what are we doing here? Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. He has the injury that he's coming in with. Oh, he passed his physical. Great. I'm glad that's a, a metric for success for him right now. Now <laughs> we're doing Jimmy Garoppolo past his freaking physical, right? Great. I'm, I'm so glad for all of you. Devontae Adams was already pissed to start the year. They got rid of his college teammate. He's already chirping a little bit. He's back down a little bit, but he was chirping at the beginning of the year. This is primed for a disaster. The Raiders are primed. Sometimes you just sit there and you watch and you, do, you see what teams are telling you. The Raiders are telling you that they are going to suck this year and that you don't want to draft them. Is Devontae Adams a great wide receiver? Absolutely. But when Lucy, a.k.a. Jimmy Garoppolo, can't get him the goddamn football for the whole season, it's not going to matter how great he is, right? Like, and yeah, I know he has the great week 17 matchup. we're, We're all aware of that but I'll take other Raiders. I'll take Michael Mayer late. I'll take Samir White late. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take those guys late. He's not the only
1: guy with the good week, right? That's like the Derrick Henry. Yeah. Did you know Derrick Henry plays the Texans twice in the playoffs? Yeah. So does Nuke and Burks and Tyje Spears and
0: Chig. They, they all play the yeah. Texans. <laughs> yeah. So I will stay unless I somehow get auto-drafted Devontae Adams. I will have zero Devontae Adams. And it's not a Devontae Adams take. It's a Jimmy Garoppolo slash... Raiders Hoyer. as an organization. Hoyer's the backup,
1: right? Hoyer's the,
0: the backup. backup. They're, like, they, they're they screwed, right? Josh McDaniel sucks as a head coach. We've we've established that multiple times. The organization sucks at player development and, and player personnel decisions. The Raiders, they, they need, like, to just be completely, like, either sold. It's just unreal. It's unreal that I'm even having to have this conversation with people that they think that, and... <sighs> I don't even want to keep going into it because I get so annoyed. But Devontae Adams is going to have a bad year. But it's not because he's Devontae Adams, it's because of everything around him. And don't be shocked if you see Devontae Adams get shut down week 12 or something when this team is is absolutely getting stomped every week. And they're like, We're not going to put him out there because we're paying him eight million dollars a snap. And we got to make sure we protect him a little bit, especially if we want to try to get rid of them at some point. So
1: I, I agree. I'm glad you did it. Also, that was uh, an exceptional, you know, processing of the award much better than mine. And so I I, pre- I appreciate that having literally filling a Lucy and a Charlie Brown on the award is that's the really way the perfect way to do it. And I mean, I, I, I'm not even really going to add to it because I've been talking about that with with Jimmy and Devante all t- since it happened. And uh, I understand that not everyone agrees. And that's okay. Uh, not everyone agrees with a lot with a lot of the takes that I have or or we have or whatever. But I think that that one is more than reasonable. Even if you're a bull on Devonte Adams, I don't think that anyone could conceive of that as being crazy. I think that it, it, at, even if you think Jimmy is like much much better than we do, I think you could conceptualize the The idea that he is he was a little bit of, of a benefactor of the San Francisco system, as every quarterback that has played for San Francisco has mm-hmm. been. Uh, Brock Purdy, most recently, right? Nick Mullins, those guys have produced numbers in that in that offense. So you could say, okay, his numbers are a little inflated by playing for San Francisco because everyone that plays for San Francisco puts up efficient numbers. You say, but you say, okay, but I think he's still good. Fine. Whatever. I I don't care really to argue with you. Say, well, is he better than Derek Carr? At best, they're about the same. I think any reasonable mind would say if you like Jimmy just a smidge more, that's fine. If you like Carr just a smidge more, right. that's fine. At best, they're they're very, very similar. But well, you know what Derek Carr did with this team last year? He was shut down in the fantasy playoffs. They actually told him to not come to the facility. <laughs> He got banned from his the dude's making a billion a millions and millions of dollars a year. And they said, actually, please don't come here. Just don't That's come. How they yeah. And that and and, and 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 you know they had Jarrett Stidham, who is now the backup to Russell Wilson in, in in Denver. Now it's Brian Hoyer. What do you think happens when the Ravers when Ravers, the Raiders shitty offense and, and terrible roster all around? Are they gonna beat the Chiefs? No. Are they going to be the chargers? No. So them, it's them and the Broncos, just in that division. Are they better than the Bengals? No. All right. Are they better than the bills? No. Are they better? Than the, how do we need to keep going down the list? They're not going to be a playoff contender down the stretch. And if you think Devonte Adams is like going to put up with this as his career draws to an end, I, I feel like we have a different perception of how this situation is going to be, um, and and that's okay. Devontae is amazing. If he has a good year, would I be surprised? No, he might be the best wide receiver in the NFL. But like, there's a lot to be concerned about, and he's a one-two turn pick, right? There's a lot of opportunity cost there. So, um, anyway, I said I wasn't going to say anything, but then I got on the soapbox. <laughs> yeah. Next, there, next, there we have it. Next, next award, I'll hit this one too. Rookie of the Year. This one's hard because there is like one guy <laughs> who is the biggest standout of all time from a rookie of the year perspective in best ball, because there's only one rookie this year who goes in the first round. <laughs> and so I'm taking the easy cop-out answer, and I am going to say B. John Robinson is the rookie of the year, but I I actually don't even really want to talk about B. John Robinson. What I want to talk about is, If I were to, because he's going to put up the best numbers. And if he gets to the end of the year, there's going to be one rookie that has like truly absurd numbers. And it's Bijan, in my opinion, the Falcons have an insanely efficient running game. It did not matter who was there. Marcus Mariota was terrible at quarterback. I don't care if you think Ritter sucks because guess what? Marcus Mariota also sucked. And the running game was efficient as hell. And the running game was efficient with Tyler Algier, who played linebacker in college, not running back. Uh, Cpat, who's like 34 or whatever and Caleb Huntley who is not an NFL caliber running back they were efficient no matter who they handed the ball to that's Arthur Smith Arthur Smith's game that's what he does he creates an efficient running game we've also seen fun fact Derek Henry become less efficient since Arthur Smith left uh something no one ever talks about but if we I, that's like the easy cop-out answer who I think could be like kind of the most impactful rookie when we start to consider ADP, I'm going super, super crazy with this one, but it's Jalen Hyatt for the New York giants. So I understand all the flaws with Jalen Hyatt. Let's get that out of the way. First, third round pick comes from a very unique offense at Tennessee, that they he, he didn't run a lot of like pro style routes. He's much of a much more of a downfield burner out of the slot. It's not kind of something that the NFL really does. They don't they don't run this, ten, you know. And Tennessee also runs a very weird system where like the outside guys line up, line up really, really wide. And it's just it's not a great fit. So I understand every concern with Jalen Hyde, but he has now fallen to like you can get him in one of the last rounds of best ball drafts he did win the ballingtonkov <laughs> like he, he was the wide receiver of the year in college in the SEC right that's alabama that's georgia that's that that's that's big time football and i feel like we're just like writing that off now and if he hits right how many Bolitnikoff winners land in a spot like the giants where the best wide receiver on the giants is isaiah hodgins darius slayton Right, Paris Campbell, like what really is the competition? Who
0: did they just sign? Because <laughs> I laughed. I died laughing when I saw who it was.
1: Did they sign another they signed a wide, wide receiver? <laughs> of course they did. Oh, it, it was, was Cole Beasley. They James signed Cole Beasley. Beasley. <laughs> Adam, so when they when they go do wide receiver um drills, there's like three dudes on the outside, and then the six guys go line up in the slot, right? Wandale yeah. <laughs> and Crowder and Beasley, all the Paris Gamble. They all go line up in the slot, right? They, spoiler, they can't all play. Yeah. Hyatt is more talented than their other outside wide receivers. Do I? Do I? And I know he played in the slot at Tennessee, but like, do I believe that he can get on the field with his skill set over time? Absolutely. And if he hits. It's not about, do I think he'll hit? I don't know. Like you know, It's a very weird kind of situation. But if he hits, oh my God. Yeah, this is such a good one. Hacker said, Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith won the Heisman. <laughs> Devonta Smith not only won the Bolitnikov, he won the Heisman. And everybody's like, mm. he's like 165 pounds. Can he really do it? Spoiler alert, now he's a second round pick <laughs> in fantasy. If you can play, you can play. I don't know if Jalen Hyatt will hit if he hits, we're talking about laughing all off season about the fact that people let him fall to the 17th round.
0: God, I thought I was going to have like a unique pick here. Like, uh, <laughs> and, and I was like, good. Cause you came out with the Bijan stuff. And I was like, of course, Bijan's the first name you think of. I when didn't want to sound list.
1: too crazy. I didn't want to sound too
0: crazy. Just <laughs> kicking it off with Jalen Hyatt. I had to like lead into <laughs> it. ease though. yourself into it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Quentin Johnson because of the stuff we talked about with Kellen Moore. I think this offense is going to be more explosive, but I also think that you have a lot of outs for him to be on the field even more. The reports are that he's already won the the wide receiver three spot, which is not shocking at all, right? Like we're not shocked by the competition for the wide receiver three, but Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, both older. Talk about a guy that can't stay on the field. Mike Williams cannot stay on the football (laughs) field to save his life. So I think there's going to be a ton of opportunity for Quentin Johnson. I think he could be one of those rookies that you were like, oh, where we were getting him was a beautiful place. It was easy to double stack Herbert with him and Eckler or whatever you wanted to do. And they're one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL this year. So I'm just going to roll with Quentin Johnson based on ADP and everything. But obviously the answer is P. John Robinson.
1: Yeah, the answer is definitely Sean shout out to dustin He said all right i'm gonna have 100 100 <laughs> high. don't do that please god don't do that but um i do think those are the kinds of guys um similar to like how Kadarius tony just goes you know just just got hurt that is really wide range of outcomes the difference is tony was a sixth seventh round pick there's a lot of opportunity cost at the tony spot so if you said i, I don't feel like taking that risk there even though it's a home run swing right it's joey gallo swing Mm-hmm. jalen hyatt is a joey gallo swing who is now in the 17th round that's like they're all gonna miss most of the time like you tell me a 17th rounder that it's like oh this is a slam dunk no because they wouldn't go in the 17th round right if right. they if they were that and so uh that's what uh, god Updog and i are agreeing too much that's probably a bad omen all right next one the usable weak king so quick uh preface on this one something a little bit straightforward but a a guy who is not necessarily going to be a bad pick when you look back at the end of the year and his fantasy stats his actual stats but he was just like humming along eight to ten points every week maybe as a wide receiver you know 15 ppr points a week seven for 75 never really blowing the lid off and we look back and we're like oh he had a really good year but for best ball did he Like, did he have a good, did he have a good year? Kind of a a little bit of an overrated type guy. What do you got for this one?
0: Yeah, I pitched this as the epitome of mediocrity award. So (laughs) usable week King works a little bit better. I'm going to go with David Montgomery. We like the lions a lot this year. Um, They're going to be a good offense. David Montgomery just feels like he's going to come in He's going to have weeks where he rushes for 90 yards and no touchdowns. He's going to have weeks where he rushes for 20 yards and a touchdown. He's just going to constantly be around that 8-12 to 12 point range. I don't really think he's going to get many spike weeks. I don't think he's going to have the opportunity for a quote-unquote spike week really, unless it becomes uh, you know, they get on the one yard line three times in a, in a game or something like that. Two
1: years in a row.
0: Yeah. row like <laughs> have to keep doing that over and over again. So I, I think that He's going to be just enough of a nuisance that the Jameer Gibbs stuff is going to is going to hurt a little bit, especially on a site like Underdog, right? I, I think Jameer Gibbs is much better on the PPR sites for sure. I, I don't think that's like an unreasonable take. No, but I think Montgomery is going to hurt Gibbs on Underdog specifically, and I think you're just going to sit there and he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the usable weak king where he either you have him on your team and he just misses you getting into that second spot or you're trying to overtake the guy in the second spot and this guy is just getting enough points, just enough from David Montgomery to keep you at bay <laughs> and you miss a- the playoffs. Yeah. And you're just sitting there, God damn it, I lost both ways on this. How? So that's,
1: that's, a- that's a really good uh, way to frame it. Um, <clears throat> I I also went with a running back. I went with the a running back who has definitely not been a usable week type guy over the course of his career. But I think he's going in the running back dead zone. And I think we're, we're drafting him a little bit too high for some of the wrong reasons. And mine was Aaron Jones. Mm. And my thought process is Aaron Jones has been a fantasy star because of spike week and non elite running back usage but he was attached to Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. And then the team drafted AJ Dillon in the second round. And it was, it's let's just call it a 50, 50 split. Sometimes it's 60, 40 Jones. Sometimes it's 60, 40 Dylan, but let's call it a 50, 50 split. now we're still taking him right in the heart of the running back dead zone. Even though Aaron Rodgers is not there anymore. And it's like everyone on the planet thinks that Jordan love sucks but his his part-time running back is in the middle of the dead zone and like that's a good selection i think aaron jones is awesome this is a little bit similar to the devonte thing you know to a lesser extent where i think aaron jones is like really good at football he's an mm-hmm. awesome receiving back he's explosive but he's certainly not a grinder and there's real concerns about this offense jordan love could be very bad. We talked about Jimmy before. We don't have any evidence that Jordan loves even better than (laughs) better than Jimmy. Christian Watson had some explosive plays with Aaron Rogers, but he's definitely not some consistent, you know, target dominator that leads a good offense. Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Luke, Luke Musgrave. Couldn't do it in college. Like, I don't know. It's pretty sketchy there. And you're a part-time back. Who's relying upon big plays and touchdowns to get there, I think Aaron Jones ends up being like this, you know, runs for 40 yards a week and catches three balls Mm. for 15, you know, for 15 yards or something like as an average. And you just get a bunch of weeks where you're like, Oh yeah, he scored double digit points. And the end of the year, you look back like, Oh, he scored 11 points a game. That's not that bad. And you're like, actually, but he just like always scored (laughs) eight to 15 points. And do you really care about that? Um, little bit of a Packers take, a little bit of a he's getting older, a little bit of AJ Dillon. I just I don't I can't see it with Aaron Jones unless Jordan Love is a star, which which I'll go I'll, I'll hold that L pr- proudly, just like the just like the Jimmy the Jimmy take. I'll hold that that L. Next one, most real, improved, real quick because no, I just no. want to hit on
0: Aaron Jones real quick. I think everything you said is correct for for like the player evaluation what I think is hard is that I think he is the epitome of like the dead zone is not the dead zone anymore. It is not what it used to be, but I think he is the epitome of like a dead zone back in the terms of whatever structure you're drafting. He doesn't fit any of them at the point where he's going. If you're going robust, right? Like you're almost already done with your running backs at that point, or you should be close to it or done and you should start be starting to hit your wide receivers or if you're going like some sort of zero RB build or something like that then you're not taking him because he's, he's too early so what build does Aaron Jones fit there's very few so like the team structure wise with Aaron Jones sucks and the other part is I just like AJ Dillon a lot where AJ Dillon is going he is like a staple on some of my teams and it's it's nothing to do with like I love it, AJ Dillon or anything it's Where he's going, the opportunity he's going to get. The team's probably going to, like you said, it's going to be a 50 50 split. So I like Aaron Jones a lot too, but I just, I can't, I never click the button for Aaron Jones.
1: I agree. You definitely talked me into uh, it. I wasn't like avoiding AJ Dillon, but you made a case uh, during our uh, uh, underdog high stakes draft that totally, totally sold me. All right. Most improved player. I'm going to lead in with this one because I'm kind of excited about this guy. And it's been a little bit of a growing excitement. Not something I was, I mean, I like this player, but I wasn't like, you know, I would never, this is not a pound the table type of a guy for me for most of the draft season, but it is a, you could also call this guy a like a bounce back player or not a comeback player because he wasn't hurt or anything like that, but most improved I'm calling Elijah Moore for the Cleveland Browns. And it's because we saw flashes. A, he was an awesome prospect at Ole Miss. Then we saw flashes as a rookie with the Jets, but that it was a dumpster fire, right? I mean, my God, that offense was pathetic. Then last year, they bring Garrett Wilson in and just, it didn't work for him. Maybe, maybe the the case is that he's just not as good as we hope. But I'm still holding on to the the prospect pedigree and the rookie production. It's really hard to do what he did at Ole Miss, and it's really hard to do what he did as a rookie in the NFL on a really bad offense. And so I'm willing to write off last season as a, the Jets have no idea what they're doing on, on offense. It's, you know, Zach Wilson and Mike White and Joe Flacco and God knows what, right? Now he goes to the Browns, who... I'm not I'm not like a big Deshaun Watson bull this year, but I think the Browns of maybe any team in the NFL are fully all in like all all the way in because everyone that basically works in that building, their jobs are on the line with how this team performs over the next couple of years. Right. If Deshaun Watson is a mess and they lose, everyone's getting fired like. The people selling tickets are getting fired. Everyone is fucking getting fired, right? Their whole, the, the franchise is based on Deshaun Watson succeeding. They brought him in and you have uh, Amari Cooper is still fine, but he's not, that's not Devonte Adams to our earlier conversation. He's not Devonte, and certainly DPJ and Cedric Tillman are not. And David and fine. If someone can step up, and like be kind of like a target dominator as he was as a rookie, as he was at Ole miss out of the slot where he has no target competition, like in the slot over the middle of the field. I think Elijah Moore could end up being this guy. Like we're, we're trying to do the Sky more thing we're trying to do right. We're trying to do the uh, Kadarius Tony thing. I think Elijah Moore might be that guy that fits that mold where, you know, we keep hoping for it to happen. And I, I, th- I think it might happen this year where he just, he he could lead them in everything receiving. And if Watson is, a, he doesn't have to be totally old Watson, but like bounce back a little bit. Uh, Elijah Moore in the eighth round or whatever is just a smash.
0: So we had somebody in our discord when we announced that this was a show tonight, throw out an idea for an award and it was the, you can't see me award, which is basically we all have players that we just overlook every single draft. Like, for me, it's like Juju, right? I never see Juju's name on, yeah. on the screen. <laughs> I, I never see in the player pool, right? The player, but Elijah Moore had been that guy for me, just based on the players going around him and everything like that. I still don't know what I want to do with him. I'm still not really drafting him a ton, but I did do a stream with Daigle and Gretch and Kyle Dvorak, and we kind of talked about Elijah Moore briefly. And just like a brief conversation sometimes can make you go, oh, maybe I should be on this guy a little bit more. So I maybe I haven't been on him more, but I've at least started the thought process that, like, maybe I should start to add some Elijah Moore to my player portfolio. And maybe it's easier now with the the Kadarius-Tony injury, right? Because I'm not going to yeah. stop drafting Tony. But now that Tony's going to fall, gonna like, fall. Two rounds, yep. like, maybe now this is the time where I start grabbing Elijah Moore, still grabbing Kadarius-Tony and and correcting a little bit of that
1: i like it great bring back by the way for garrett wilson you know breeze week 17 type stuff i like him a lot
0: um who is yours i'm actually shocked we didn't land on the same the same player for this one i I went with kyle kyle pitts for this one like
1: this this has to be here i i put the very first player i put down was kyle pitts and i said this is this is too like too, this on is brand? too, too. too on. It was like everybody, every, the whole chat, when it was a, whatever, comeback player, they were like, Oh, this is Gabe Davis. And I'm like, yeah, I, I of course wrote down Gabe Davis, but I was like, that's <laughs> too, everybody knows that that's what I'm going to say. It like Kyle Pitts, Gabe Davis. So I, I went to Elijah Moore, but uh, I totally agree with this take.
0: You're allowed to do some of your, like, some of the on-brand stuff here, but it's, I get sick kind of, of talking about the same players, okay? I want to talk about somebody new every once in a while. It, it's Kyle Pitts. It has to be Kyle Pitts, or we're just dusting off Kyle Pitts at this point, right? It's year three. This is the quote-unquote tight end year where we're getting, you know, not a better quarterback, but we have Arthur Smith there who's kind of anchoring it a little bit better. We do have Drake London there. We brought in Bijan Robinson to take some weight off. Like, yada, yada, yada. All of that doesn't matter. Like, this has to be the Kyle Pitts year. Like, that's what it comes down to. Like, throw your analysis out. It's either this is the year, Kyle, or we're dusting you off. I'm dusting you off, like, completely. Now you're a six-round pick usually. Works out perfectly for some of the builds we're doing. It's now or never. It's, it's literally now or never for Kyle Pitts. So he has to be the most improved or I'm done with him completely.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I would – only caveat I would say is if Ritter is, is just as bad or somehow worse than Mariota where we get the same highlight montage going right. into next year where, you know, he's what that's, that, that's one thing that to your point about him being the most improved player is that he doesn't actually have to even get better <laughs> to be the best, most to, to be the most improved best ball player. Cause that dude was open all the time yeah. last year. Marcus Mariota was just horrible. And so, If Ritter can just be better than that, he doesn't have to be amazing. Just like when this dude is wide open, 40 yards down the field, don't airmail it 60 yards out of bounds. And so, yeah, he, I, I I will say, I think he, he's, he was my initial answer, but I wanted to get a little, a little frisky. And I do really like Elijah Moore, by the way, for, uh, for most improved player. All right. (laughs) I like this one. Also this, uh, this meme, this GIF, whatever you want to call it is, uh, is excellent. Uh, I'm going to kick, I'm going to kick it to you. Cause I got, I got, I got two and I still totally can't decide between who is the, he can't keep getting away with this player in best ball. Meaning of course, this year they're going to, you know, do the things that no one is projecting uh, outperform expectations, or I guess technically it could be the opposite, but I viewed it as a uh, outperform yeah. expectations.
0: Same, and I had two guys as well. Uh, the first one was a running back in Arizona, which is James Conner. Oh, interesting. Because I'm, because I keep fading James Conner year after year, <laughs> and I keep eating shit because of it, and I'm so sick of it, and I'm sick of James Conner, and I just hope he retires and has a great life, but just not on the football field. <laughs>
1: He did a cancer, answer, so we can't be too negative about that.
0: No, I want him to fantasy. have a great life. Have, have, have a field day. Just not on the football field. Do We it love you. Just stop else. scoring fantasy yeah, points, just please. Stop scoring yeah. fantasy points. Get out of here. But the guy I'm going to go with, I'm going to stick with the Atlanta Falcons. And the ultimate, he can't keep getting away with this. The one that makes my blood boil every time he scored a touchdown last year. Because he's done it for, like I think, the past 17 years. And I just keep not drafting him is Cordero Patterson. You can't that's keep that's getting – he's 100 years old. What are we that's doing? How is he still scoring a million fantasy points every year? And I keep going, nope, they, they drafted Tyler Algier. They're not going to play him as much. He's not going to get on the field or this player or player X or this XYZ. And he still gets on the field. He still scores 103 touchdowns every single season. He has these breakaway <laughs> games. He breaks DFS every He's playing season. wide receiver. He's yeah. playing wide receiver. And, and you just sit there and you're like – this sucks. I hate this. Like not only for best ball, but for DFS, Cordell Patterson comes in there and just ruins everything like four or five times a year. And you're like, he's never in my player pool for either. And he does this and he's literally, I think 34 years old this year.
1: Yeah, he so, is. Yeah.
0: And it's just he's like, my, dude,
1: cut he's the shit. My age. He's my cut age. Shit. He's my dunking on NFL
0: players. Oh, I can barely God. get out of bed. I can barely get out of
1: bed in the morning.
0: God damn it. Just stop. Just, again, go have a great life. Just don't do it on the football field. So I'm still not drafting him again this year. I'll probably eat eat crow again. But, yeah, get out of here, Cordero Patterson.
1: He will be weird. We always talk about the last round guy you needed. He will be the guy again for the third year in a row or whatever it is. Uh, And we will be all pissed off because it's like, shocker, this really talented football player just kept doing really talented things again this year. Yeah. And, uh, and then I'm insert not,
0: I'm not... the video of Brett Hart destroying the computer at ringside <laughs> for me, because that's what I'll be doing.
1: I'm also not going to draft him, but um, he is not my, he can't get, keep getting away with this. I put two running backs on here because I absolutely could not decide between them. And it's only because of the most recent news we've gotten on one of them. So I'm going to start with the other guy. <clears throat> it's not, he didn't like it's not like he was doing anything crazy two years ago, but last year we ref you we referenced uh David Montgomery in your usable week king and Jamal Williams uh, last yeah. year was maybe the single flukiest season I've ever seen in <laughs> in fantasy in my entire life. If I'm on Ross St. Brown gets tackled at the one yard line one more time, <laughs> like I I'll lose it. But Aman Ra's gonna lose it because he's probably got touchdown incentives or whatever. And Jamal Williams <laughs> keeps getting all those touchdowns because every Lions wide receiver is allergic to the goal line. They fall yeah. down at the one every single time. And I just have this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach that Kamara's gonna get suspended and Kendra is like not gonna be healthy to start the year. And everybody's loving the Taysom hype, right? Taysom has already risen up like 30 picks in ADP. And because we because he's a tight end, we can tell ourselves this story about Taysom. And I just, it's going to be Jamal Williams. It's yeah. a, the Saint, because I, I like the Saints. I've made this known a lot of times. The Saints have the best schedule in the NFL. Derek Carr is a massive upgrade. And despite the fact that Michael Thomas only has one functioning leg, they still have a really talented offense. And they're just going to score a bunch of points, and Jamal Williams is going to keep fucking plunging in from the one-yard line every goddamn week, and I'm just going to throw my phone against the wall every week playing Olave or Shahid or whatever in DFS. Mm -hmm. And I just know that's going to happen, but I just do want to really quickly mention this is lining up to be the Josh Jacobs Award, that he can't keep getting away with this only because he's holding out. So he he got appropriately valued or give or take appropriately valued after his awesome year last year. And then, you know, he doesn't get a contract and he hasn't signed his franchise tag and he's being like real bougie about the, uh, the whole holdout thing. Saquon is like saying like, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, not happy, but we're trying to work it out. And Jacob's just like, he was spotted on a flight leaving. Las Vegas today. Like, he's just like, fuck you guys. I'm out of yeah. here, dude. Like, yeah. you guys go have fun in camp. I'm about to go to Cabo or whatever. Like, he, <laughs> he he's like, he is giving the middle finger to the Raiders, which is another issue for Devontae Adams. But like, this dude is going to go chill on a beach for a month and a half and then fall four rounds in ADP. And then he's going to come back. <laughs> and I'm going to have not drafted him. And he's going to do the Josh Jacobs bullshit again, like he did, like he did last year. And I will, I will be saying he can't keep, he can't keep getting away with this. That's I felt like this is going to become the, you know, the Josh Jacobs award after after this year if if it happens. But to your point, I, I think that uh, the Raiders have some pretty serious concerns with uh, everything that's going on there. Very last one, last award, the most valuable player i'm very interested where you took this one because this was the hardest one the other ones like yeah it, the the subject narrows it down for you this one is like dude you want to pick a 12th round guy you want to pick a second round guy it's very tough so being the host i'm gonna i'm gonna make you you go first because i'm very curious who you pick for mvp
0: i also think this this really depends on your site too because i i've yeah, been yeah. taking a lot of time trying to figure out like if you what- wanted
1: to differentiate go you, you, you can
0: well, I, I kind of just did it for all of them because it's just the guy. I think you just had to go through the guy that you're drafting the most. Right. And I, I just went with Mahomes. I know that's like my, like, you didn't want to do the picks that you didn't want to do. The answer is going to be Jamar chase, by the way, I am now 80 drafts into best ball mania and I have gotten the one Oh two twice. So my lack of chase exposure for my like <laughs> favorite player in the NFL right? He's going to go out there and fucking crush this year. And it's not that I didn't want to draft him. It's that I was incapable of drafting him. <laughs> like I just wasn't allowed to. And I'm just going to have to watch every week and cry. Right. Like that's what's going to happen. But I think like th- as much fun as all these other rewards are, I just sat there. I looked at my exposure. Who is the guy that correlates with all my exposures? Like I have a few guys that are a little over him, but that's because they all correlate with him. And it's Mahomes specifically for DraftKings, i think like more than any other site based on some of the stuff we've talked about with bonus points and all that other stuff so i mean you can make the case for a lot of different people on this one but <laughs> when you're doing this on your own i think the easiest way to do it is you go you look at your exposures and that's who you need to be your mvp so for me this is who i need to be my mvp in best ball this year
1: yep that's kind of what i did i went to exposures and i kind of just Try to look for themes, right? And obviously there's a lot of late round running backs. They don't generally have a theme correlated together. And the very, very clear theme, which is unsurprising, given my coach of the year is Lamar Jackson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it, it makes a ton of sense quarterback being the most valuable player, but it, it really is in best ball too, where, um, we talked about like Jimmy Garoppolo just being a figment of the the system and the situation that he was in. He's not valuable in and of himself. He's not elevating those players around him. They're elevating him. I'm not saying that Lamar Jackson is you know the only reason that, that the Ravens will be good, but if Lamar Jackson is great, if Lamar Jackson is MVP level Lamar Jackson and you add in Todd Munkin, and you add in Zay Flowers, and you add in Odell Beckham, right? And J.K. Dobbins, another year off of the ACL. It's like, if Lamar's good, the downstream effects to best ball and fantasy football are fucking insane. Like, absolutely insane. J.K. Dobbins should not go in the fifth, sixth round if Lamar Jackson is MVP Lamar Jackson. Mark Andrews can challenge Travis Kelsey, He beat Travis Kelsey for almost half the year last year. Um, If, if Lamar Jackson is there with Todd Monken, right? JK Dobbins is one of the best pure rushers in the NFL. Now give him Lamar, like peak Lamar Jackson next to him, right? Slinging it around running Rashad Bateman, first round pick, Zay flowers, first round pick Odell Beckham, like older, but still a talented wide receiver. All of these guys, Gus Edwards, late in draft right Isaiah likely if Mark Andrews misses a week there's like so many players that can be stone cold smashes in fantasy solely because Lamar Jackson you know lives up to this and and it's not just because Lamar needs to be good he's always been good but now we're taking Lamar in a new system that allows him to elevate these other players around him he really hasn't been able to do that before. He's really been restricted in the Greg Roman offense. And if he, it get the, we're, we're taking the reins off and we're, we're going to see how good Lamar is this year. Maybe he won't be, but I kind of think he will be. And you put all that talent around him and my God, obviously you get him a little bit later than the other elite quarterbacks. And I not think much he has anymore. Just his, not much anymore. The the field got sharp. He used to go, used to be able to get him like maybe early fourth. Yeah. And the other guys went, you know, second round. That the field has figured that part out. But you know, Andrews, two rounds after Kelsey, right? All the receivers are much cheaper. And Lamar himself will be a good pick regardless. But um Pretty excited for the Ravens, obviously. I've made that known, and I think Lamar Jackson has a really good path to the MVP of best ball. Anything else that we want to hit here before we get no. out of here? Just,
0: just to close out that last conversation, I just, I really think this is going to be, you're going to look at the playoff teams this year, and I think it's just going to be littered with elite quarterbacks between Mahomes, Hurts, Lamar. I'm going to put Herbert in that, in that category mm-hmm. as well. Burrow. Burrow. Like, I think that you're going to see a overwhelming majority of teams that have elite QB. So, like, if your whole thing is like low advanced, like high upside stuff, maybe you don't want to do the elite QB. But for me, I'm just pounding elite quarterbacks like all the time, no matter who it is. Only caveat to that I would say is that if you draft a bunch of the elite
1: QBs, they can't all be super popular in the playoffs. Now you're going to have a bunch of Guys, who right? If if Lamar yeah. is the MVP of 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 best ball, or whatever, he's going to be very popular as are his stacking partners. But like, that would make Burrow and Fields lower owned. So if you were ha- if you happen to sneak right, if, if Lamar wins actual NFL MVP and just sets the world on fire, and Mahomes is Mahomes, and none of these guys get hurt, that's probably going to make Fields and Burrow and Herbert lower owned in the playoffs. Right. But if you're all your teams are consolidated around those like six guys or whatever, you're going to sneak through Herbert teams. You're going to sneak through burrow teams. And so um, just a, a little extra caveat that I think is, uh,
0: which is what I'm banking helpful. on to be completely honest. So I like it. Yeah, no, that's, that was my last uh, point giveaway in the discord. Make sure you go to discord, go to giveaway. You have to do it in discord. I am. You have to follow those instructions because that's where I pull the names from. I pull them from the giveaway channel and there we spin a wheel Sunday morning and somebody gets the Deshaun Jackson signed replica helmet.
1: I'm going to try to win it. Make sure you go there as Rob said uh, for Sunday for the giveaways and tomorrow night, Rob and I are going to start to walk through our exposures. Uh, I will give away my Canarius Tony exposure, which is more than I was hoping for, given the fact he's already fucking hurt. But um, if you want to have your question, comment, anything read, drop a comment on this video or drop a five-star review on the podcast feed on your podcast provider of choice, iTunes, whatever. Um, And we'll read it tomorrow night, uh, again, assuming it's appropriate. Like I said, if you want to talk shit about my hat collection, you know, or the fact that I like to collect Jordans or the fact that Rob still has his uh, very first pair of shoes, you can you can do that. There They are right there. Um, Or the fact that he has a Deshaun Jackson autographed helmet, um, you know, not an actual good player left with the Eagles Uh, or the fact that he has a Kurt Warner.
0: Brian Dawkins helmet right there
1: dude brian dawkins might be my favorite player so that's <laughs> if we ever give that one away we're shutting we down are never giving st- that one <laughs> away. we're shutting down all the streams and i'm flying out there and figuring out how the hell i can get my hands on that because brian <laughs> dawkins brian dawkins ed reed is like 1a 1b for me that was like my favorite that, player so that's the um, one
0: thing i bought with my money when i won the world series uh well when i didn't win it but when i came in 138th i found that helmet and bought it it was my one of my two dream man. Arms. Smart
1: yeah. man. Goddamn. That smart man. But we will be back tomorrow at the same time, 7 p.m. Eastern. And we are going to walk through our exposures, player exposures, stack exposures, right? Week 17 exposures, everything so far in best ball draft season, heading into this final stretch run for the last week and a uh, week and a half month and a half. Jeez. I wish it was week and a half, honestly uh, month and a half and see where we are happy where we need to course correct, where we need to pump the brakes a little bit. Shout out to you, Kadarius, Tony. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good night.
0: Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? you turn notifications on, we draft a team. Boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take. Boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week.